y'all so much for doing this i appreciate it yeah thanks for yeah, having thanks us for man having us. i'm gonna be here <laughs> so even at 50 years old it still blows my mind that i'd say one out of every 20 bands or so because i've been a journalist now for about 15 years and um like a music journalist mm -hmm. and um i'd say one in every 20 bands easily like actually let's take about three in 20 bands two or one is usually good one is usually okay and one blows my fucking mind and like you guys were like that one of like 25 probably in the last two years or so but uh oh, thanks, no, thank you. <laughs> i don't even know where to begin because it's so rare these days that i'm talking to a band that's you know at least to me in my life is brand new you know mm -hmm. like i'm usually talking to folks that i've I've had some sort of a history with, you know, like whether mm -hmm. I've been listening to them for years and I've got some sort of like a lineage that I know of. And mm -hmm. like, I don't know jack shit about you guys other than y'all are awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I guess I need to start at the beginning. Like, so where and when did you guys come together as Ray and the Ragdolls? And what was it that brought you together? Um... So Will and I, we were actually, um, before we started making original music, we met each other um, kind of like in a school of rock program. It was called uh, Rock U. Um, so it wasn't school of rock, but it was like. Same kind of deal. Yeah. But like when we were in high school, we were playing together and like yeah. we were playing like Red Hot Chili Peppers covers and stuff like yeah, that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> We were basically a Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, cover band. <laughs> um, and then in, uh, I think it was around, like, 2018, I was, like, um, I wanted to start, like, I started writing original music, and I was, like, I want to start releasing this music, um, uh, like, a solo, like, album. And mm -hmm. um, so I started writing it, and then I got Will to help me, and as he was helping me, I was like, why don't we just like, let's just do the band thing. Let's just make a whole entire band. Like, I don't, I don't care about a solo project. Like that's cool and all, but a band is way cooler. And so oh, yeah. we started like working on that. And um, it was just us for a while. Yeah. And we, we would like, we would record as many instruments as we could. And we worked with a producer named Jason Chapman, who, get our EP and our first two albums. Mm -hmm. um, but on the EP, it was like just us and him working together. And then Spencer, our other guitarist, came in on like the last song we recorded mm -hmm. for that. Which was Moonshine. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. We sort of like didn't grow up with him, but we went to like knew him in like high school yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, basically it started with just us two. And then we slowly um, started finding band members, which was, honestly kind of a tough process but um yeah that's how we're at the lineup we're at right now yeah <laughs> like you guys are proof that 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 a paid advertisement on instagram can work <laughs> because obviously you know with you know with advertising on instagram you know, you're kind of locking into a demographic of, of certain mm -hmm. you know people that listen to a certain type of music yeah and I can't tell you how many fucking times I'm like, ignore ad, ignore ad, ignore ad. Yeah. Like, why do they think I would like this? And then all of a sudden you guys popped up and aesthetically, 
you know, like to me, I was like, okay, these guys are doing it all right. Because the minute I saw you, I was like, okay, I, I don't even have to really, I, I can probably guess what this is going to sound like <laughs> because it's that that's, that's not, that's my deal. Uh-huh. And, and then when I listened, I was like, okay, this is fucking mm-hmm. great. And of course, you know, yeah. I, you know, I wanted the album, you know, I, I want the t-shirt. I want the show. I want everything, you know, cause that's <laughs> how I am when I find a band. Like, so through that kind of marketing and advertisement, did you find people kind of coming in that way? Um, Honestly, like surprisingly the Instagram ads and just like being really, really consistent with they do, social media. They do really like well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely like a thing that is good to take advantage of because mm-hmm. even though like there is like some issues with like social media and stuff, um, it's still like, it's kind of good to use it to your advantage like that like mm-hmm. even just like a like $20 ad I feel like is worth it because like mm-hmm. most of the oh. time like we've gotten like a pretty good amount of followers mm-hmm. from like ads like that if you're stuff. if you're confident with your product and you really mm-hmm. just want to like get it to as many people as possible it's like I'll try anything to yeah. get mm-hmm. stuff but mm-hmm. it's really like a combination of like if you can afford an ad here or there, being really consistent mm. with social media. And then on top of that, like the grassroots thing of just playing just tons and tons yeah. of shows. And like mm-hmm. trying to like every time you meet somebody and they're like, oh, I like your outfit. You're like, oh, here's a card. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, right. Check out my band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because one of the things that hit me the most when I first heard you guys, you know, I mean, because, you know, like I said earlier, like I just turned 50 this year. So like I'm mm. I'm like an old school dude. Like I don't feel like I'm old. I'm very like <laughs> my wife will tell you that I'm pretty much like 14, but you know, <laughs> or at least I acted. But in the 90s, especially like in the early to mid 90s, you know, I was like knee deep in in the jam band scene, you know, which was kind of that whole second coming of, you know, I mean, you know, you had bands like Fish and you know, Blues Traveler and Leftover Salmon and God's Three Wine, Spin Doctor, all this stuff, you know. And so like at the time, that stuff was so rooted and underground, but then it really started to kind of formulate into something. And my first thought when I heard you guys was like, they're awesome, but they're like 26 years too late, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> but to see the live performances I've seen of you guys online and, and and your rapport with your audience and everything, you guys definitely, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but you definitely have this kind of like old soul mentality. So mm-hmm. where did you adopt that from? Like, did you find that on your own or, or or like, did you kind of take that from some of those bands in the past and said, okay, that's what we're going to do? Um, Honestly, I feel like at least like, I think that I can speak for both of us that um, our, our parents were like very into um, like old music, you know, and like kind of like showed it they showed it to us and it kind of your dad us. your dad used to listen to like tons of folk rock and like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. cool bands. yeah my dad like my dad was huge into a bunch of classic rock and stuff like that and like yeah you know, like the eagles and stuff and growing up my mm-hmm. mom like grew up like in the 60s so mm-hmm. she like 
you know, she showed me a lot of like music from that era and stuff like that. And then naturally when you hear the music, you want to know more about like what was going on in society at that time. Um, and so I guess it was just like from like hearing the music and wanting to know more about like what people stood for mm-hmm. back then. So yeah. I kind of got into, I got into like jam band stuff through uh, the dead and mm-hmm. the Almond brothers. Yeah. Just Cause like as yeah. a guitarist, it's like that stuff's just unavoidable. Yeah. And then, like you watch like Derek trucks or Dwayne Allman or Warren Haynes. And you're like, these mm-hmm. are like the most incredible guitar I players think, I've ever seen. <laughs> I think honestly, like, one of the reasons why I started getting into jam bands, um, specifically the Grateful Dead, is because um, I, as an artist, I saw their art. Like, who's right. their artist again? What What is his name? I'm not sure. I think that. Okay. Um, Who from the it, Dead? The Stanley yeah. Mouse stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I saw his art and I was like, oh, I love this art. I didn't know anything about Grateful Dead, but I was like, I mm. love the art. And so that's when I started listening to them. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> See, and, and I love that because I feel like uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you guys? 23. I'm 26. Okay. So so what I love about this is because that it, it's a generational thing. I feel like it's also very cyclical that, you know, like when I was 23, you know, like, I mean, when when I was in my late teens, you know, or mid teens and stuff, I was playing in heavy metal bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, you know, I turned 21 and all of a sudden here comes corn and Limp Biscuit and all that. Crap. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, I got to get out of this. You know, <laughs> and so like I totally jumped ship, had no idea where I was going. And then, of course, the kind of, you know, stereotypical, like I found the dead and mm. all of a sudden, like my world of music and being a musician just opened up completely. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I was doing the same thing, you know, like my dad was a folk rocker, you know, so he, it to me, it was all, you know, CSNY, Joan Mitchell, you know, Buffy St. Marie, Joan Baez, like mm-hmm. you know, David Crosby solo, like all these things. And when you discover something that's classic like that, that kind of, takes the place in some ways of like whatever's going on in modern time there's lots of parallels with like stuff that was going on when a lot of those songs were written and stuff like we we cover Mm -hmm. um ohio by csny um you do it very well by the way thank you very (laughs) much (laughs) we do that uh we do that as like an encore a lot of times it's rare like a show comes where like we don't play a lot of covers but like Mm -hmm. when we do like we're gonna play like ohio and uh Man, every time um, we're like singing harmony on that, like those lyrics, like yeah, they still just they hit, hit so hard. hard. Yeah, I remember seeing Graham Nash a few years ago at um at Variety Playhouse, and he was doing a storytellers tour, and he was I forgot what song he was doing, but he he kind of made a point and said, you know, unfortunately, these lyrics are still very relevant. You know, yeah. and yeah. and that's kind of like the plus and the minus to that is that, you know, you've got someone who was able to address it at one point in time. But then mm-hmm. even in modern times, that soundtrack has already been written. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like as much as it sucks that a song like Ohio is 
you know, very relevant still. It's like mm-hmm. you can listen back to that and go, okay, so maybe my folks weren't as square as I thought they were. Right. <laughs> or you know what I mean? Or maybe the times weren't as like archaic as they as I thought they were, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kind of this genre of music is kind of hard to find your place, and especially in a local scene. This really is it's a very niche kind of sound. Have you found it hard to kind of integrate into any kind of a scene locally? Honestly, you know, it's kind of there really isn't anybody who is like inspired as much, I think, like by the 60s. Yeah, there's not, I can't think of bands around here that like fit like exactly with us, but there's a lot of ones that are like pieces here and there. Yeah. I like we we play with like a lot of jam bands because mm-hmm. you know even if they aren't like necessary they don't necessarily sound like they're influenced by like the 60s and the 70s um we still share that like common factor that we like that they jam on guitar just like mm-hmm. Will and Spencer do um mm-hmm. so we kind of fit into that scene a little bit and we've definitely played with people who are not the same genre as us like at all um but it you know actually it it actually works pretty well like um because i feel like a lot of people you know like even if they're into punk and stuff like that um they're still open to like supporting our music Mm -hmm. yeah i think like if you're confident in what you're delivering Mm -hmm. and you think like yeah man it's a good song like I think some people are going to like this. Yeah. Also, that's kind of, um, we try to like, you know, we, we have our like main thing where it's like, you know, flower power, hippie, 60s, 70s type stuff. But we try and like genre bend a little bit. There's only so yeah. much that Got you can huge, get out of like, it. Five band members who are mm-hmm. all like similar but different people. We yeah. Have, like, huge range of like yeah musical influences and like, I don't know, like, I kind of, like, every once in a while, like, I'm, fe- I'm feeling some other kind of mm-hmm. genre type thing, and I don't want to do, like, a side project or something. Yeah, so exactly. I want to somehow figure out a way mm-hmm. to, like, bring all of my influences like, or all of anyone else's Yeah, like, Isle to Coffee and Household Mirrors kind of, like, mm-hmm. verge on a more, like, darker sound, mm-hmm. kind of, like, outside of the the other songs yeah <laughs> to me that also kind of beckons back to you know the kind of 60s and maybe even early 70s like southern and and i hate to and i don't like to say southern rock because i feel like southern rock a lot of times has this connotation of like redneck you know <laughs> and like you know yeah. like, you know like I'm not, you know, I'm just going to say I'm not a Skinnerd fan. So whenever I hear mm. Southern rock, I think Skinnerd, right. yeah. like Molly Hatchet. Whereas like when I think of the Allman Brothers, I think of like, you know, cl- like just classic jam rock. There's something more magical about like bands like the Allman Brothers versus like. <laughs> like Skinner had great Skinner. tunes and stuff. Yeah. And I like some Skinnerd stuff, but like Allman Brothers are like yeah. otherworldly. To me, Skinnerd sounded like they dropped out of school in the seventh grade, whereas like the Allman Brothers <laughs> sounded like they finished high school, like with, you know, like an AP, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was such a different class of music and the kind of class that they kind of were, were going for as far as an audience goes. And 
again, you know, when I was first listening to you guys, one of the things that actually really struck me on the album was just that it wasn't boring. It didn't harp on one thing too much. And there's a lot of dynamics to the music. There's a lot of dynamics to the volume of the music, you know, which actually really shows that there's this kind of a, there's, there's a connection between you all. But on top of that, like, I loved that, like, there was even, you know, some kind of indie punk groove at some point, (laughs) you know, like that just came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, what the fuck was that? That was awesome. (laughs) Is that something you strive to do is to try to kind of keep things like how, how are you what are you doing to keep yourself from pigeonholing yourself i think a lot of it is like going back to like playing with other bands and like playing for big audiences like i feel like if you have something for everyone mm-hmm. like i feel like i would hope if someone would listen to that album whether they're like a fan of some specific genre or whatever they find, that they would like, find something, something that they enjoy like, in yeah. there mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily on occasion we're like, oh, maybe we do like maybe this album's missing this kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Like we're working on our third full length album right now and Mm -hmm. trying to keep it pretty eclectic, too. Even when we're thinking about like maybe we need this kind of vibe on the album, it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not even out of a comfort zone, per se, because all of us have like a ton of different influences. Yeah, I think that also has to like has a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. um, because we all we all share a love for classic rock so that's the like main sound like the heart i guess that yeah that's the heart of the mm-hmm. music but at the same time we all have very different tastes in music like um our like you know our drummer and um spencer they love jazz they love jazz and mm-hmm. then there's olivia who loves metal which I could totally tell because she's a badass. Yeah, <laughs> but like I was like, I was like, I was like, that's a metal, that's a that's a metal musician and a jam band. I love that, you know. Yeah. She's like the dark one. Yeah. <laughs> she loves that. It's like brings a little heaviness. Yeah, and then Will and you I have are this huge, like eclectic, like oh yeah. Her my, playlists are like wild. I have a, I have place. a playlist on Spotify that's just like there is no theme to this playlist. These are just songs that I like, and it will go from like something like. Some weird like indie the Beatles stuff. to like indie to like outcast. Like it's just all over the place. Yeah. And um I also think that with Will and I, like uh we are like we love songwriters. Yeah. So we definitely like try and like put emphasis like on the actual mm-hmm. like lyrics right like the songs. Like I'm a guitar player, but uh Tom Petty is like my favorite my everything like musician like tom petty neil young uh mm-hmm. bob dylan neil casal mm-hmm. like guys who like they and, play guitar but like it's all about the song you know yeah. it's like they're writing a good song at the core of it mm-hmm. it's it's really great though when i when you know when i was listening to sunshine in a shadow um i listened to you know, both one and two one it, it well so what actually really surprised me and, and you can correct me if i'm wrong is that but there there sounded like there there was such a, a a significant growth between one and two whereas like to me part one uh, not that it was amateur and i don't mean that but like it, it to me it sounded like a band trying to find their footing mm-hmm. whereas like by two i was like i was like this fucking band's like a machine like they, they like, mm-hmm. like they've they've unified into this thing mm-hmm. which definitely made me listen to part one more but what was it in between yeah. the two albums that kind of locked mm-hmm. that in for you? 
honestly, just, um, just like time when the first volume was being recorded, a lot of it was still, um, like Will Spencer and I, like it was us three who really started on that album and we were getting a lot of help from our producer. Or we had like different drummers. Yeah. We really didn't have that cohesive unit until like yeah, we the last have... few songs we recorded exactly. on volume one were like the same lineup as volume two. Mm-hmm. So like half that album is like, there's two drummers on that album. It was definitely very, that's probably one of the most like difficult things about forming a band that nobody really talks about very much is finding band members because you know it's a passion project and when you first start out you're not making a lot of money and so a lot of people are like oh i'm not making money all right i'm out (laughs) (laughs) so it's like sometimes people can even be passionate but not be on the same page as you yeah exactly that too and so it's hard finding people that you really like jive with mm-hmm. um we found like a pretty solid core yeah and we still go through like we change out some drummers sometimes we have a few great drummers that work mm-hmm. with us but um yeah between those two albums yeah we played buttload of shows too yeah so just, like we mm-hmm. played um i'm not like a crazy big fan of this band per se but i really like the idea of this but uh guns and roses when they were doing appetite for destruction they like toured on those songs for mm-hmm. a really long time before they were so that's i always think about that yeah when we, when we write a song i'm like all right let's start and let's it, start definitely, it really does help like it irons out everything yeah there's there's more stuff on volume one but if i could go back and change uh, uh, like some things here and there I probably would. Yeah, there's a lot of those songs um, that we don't play. This but on volume two, I think that they're pretty like they're pretty, pretty accurate to like how I want them to be. Like, yeah. I don't think there's a lot I would go back and change on volume two. There isn't on volume one either, but there's mm-hmm. more than. And I think one of the things that I love about especially this genre of music and this type of playing is that even if you let's say even if you did record everything that you loved it at the time is that nothing is ever needs to be like like carved in stone you know be, mm-hmm. or set in stone because you play a style of music that you can go back and say okay you know what like maybe this song would be cooler if it had like an extended intro or maybe right. i'll change a verse or something you know because yeah. that is very like acceptable for this kind of music i mean like if you you know i mean the dead used to do it all i mean dylan used to do it i remember reading an article about when the the dead and dylan did this tour together in the 80s and like dylan would slip the set list under their backstage door like 10 minutes before showtime and then they'd go out on stage and dylan would turn around and say okay we're gonna do watchtower in this key tonight (laughs) and the band would be like you know and so they were just like you know and and as amazing as the dead was like by the time the 80s hit they were just like but that was just what you could do this is our material we can do whatever we want with it yeah sure i think honestly we've we've even talked about um releasing like a live album of the like of the songs on volume one and volume two because i think that yeah and and it's kind of like it not only like does it show how they evolved, but it kind of 
it shows the energy attached to it because mm -hmm. I feel like when we perform live, there's just like this, there's almost like there's an energy that's hard to capture. Yeah, exactly. Even when you record mm -hmm. all together. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why bands of that genre too, you know, you know, even, you know, like bands like the dead, you know, fish blues traveler bands like that. Why like so many fans preferred to go or they gravitated towards live yeah. bootlegs or live recordings more so than a studio yeah. album because there's a sense of magic that like you said uh, like will was saying was that you know that you may not have been able to capture in the studio and all it takes is for that one little tiny bit of excitement in a moment that'll just take you to a whole nother level you know in a live setting it's definitely like much more like when you go and see a band live it's definitely like a completely different experience or like an even more magical experience mm -hmm. than just listening. Mm -hmm. You're in a moment that's to like their album right like there. on that's, Spotify. That's just that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Part of something. Mm -hmm. If if they're good. You know? Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> or they're part of some like thing where I like hit a bad note and they're like, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I like I've gone to a live show and been like, this is not what I signed up for. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's either they're like amazing live or it's like, oh man. <laughs> You're just like, wow. Or and then there's also that really strange mid middle ground where like you go see an, you go see a, a, a group and they sound like the album, which is fantastic, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, give me a little more. Yeah. There's nothing that's like special about that, Yeah. That's the thing about the Grateful Dead is like with them changing, like like and jamming mm -hmm. like differently every night. That's why so many people want to go and see them, you know, on every show that they have, because... Or even, like, if a band sounds exactly like the album, you hope that, like, they're going to bring some crazy energy. Yeah. Like, I think, like, mm -hmm. Cage the Elephant does. They they don't jam. They do their songs yeah. a lot like the album, but they have crazy live energy yeah. that, yeah. like, makes that show worth it. Mm -hmm. that, sure. Like, there's a, a good example. Is a, there's a band I love out of Sweden called Graveyard. I don't know if you guys have mm. heard of them, but... Mm. Um, no. But they're this like fantastic, almost kind of like a psychedelic you know, blues rock band from Sweden. Cool. That's and cool. they tour the U.S., you know, with pretty much every album cycle. I watched them two nights in a row, like in Atlanta and in Asheville, play identical set lists. And not one song was played the same way as the night before. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's yeah. like, okay, so it's like, it can be done. The world has been against me as far as it comes to seeing you guys live because every time you guys fucking play, I'm either out of town or I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to finish up my own album. So I was or like I had something going on in, in the studio and I was like, it is going to happen. But I have like just absorbed all the live footage I can of you guys. Oh, yeah. It is an That's electrifying cool. show. And what I loved about it is, is that again to not to keep rehashing it but that old school vibe especially with with you being like the front person it never feels like you're just the front person like that the whole band is such a fixture you know mm -hmm. audibly and visually yeah is is that a hard thing to overcome sometimes when there's like expectations of like you know as much as i hate to say like expectations of a female singer Cause I never call them female singers. I call them singers, you know? <laughs> I mean, 
Like I would call Will a guy guitar player. <laughs> Naturally, um, a lot of the time, like there, you know, most of the time, honestly, it's not, it's not as big of an issue. I, but there are times where we've gotten stuff that's like, oh yeah, like you're, you're way better than I thought you were going to be. It's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, that's totally a great compliment to receive. And um, it's like, why did you? You're a great singer for a girl. You know? I know. I'm like, why did you expect it to be bad? Or like Olivia on bass. Like, I didn't expect you to like be able to know how to play that thing. Yeah. Like, oh my God. There's been so many, there's been so many times where Olivia has gone into um, like guitar shops and men have like they're like, like oh you shopping for your boyfriend yeah and they're like they're like you need help and she's like i don't need any help i got this man and um naturally you know there's guys who are creepy and stuff like that which at that point you know like <laughs> olivia and i just kind of like walk over to will and spencer and we're like here you go <laughs> here you talk to this weird creepy guy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know will's will isn't the most terrifying person in the world because dude you've got the you've got you have got seriously the greatest smile on the internet like, <laughs> I, I, I i think i told you guys that once before like every time i, I see a picture like you're the one I grab. I'm like, look at that dude. He's so happy. Like now I'm in a good mood. This is great. Oh yeah. That's what it's all about, man. <laughs> you guys have a bunch of shows coming up. Obviously you play, you know, a, a lot locally or, you know, in close in the region, you know, in you know, mm -hmm. Athens, Statesboro, you know, Charlotte mm -hmm. or whatever. Like how has it been getting out of town and like playing to some of these shows and how is the reaction generally? Or like, how is the, how are the people? honestly it's it's been really great like um we've we haven't played out of state a ton we've done more um, this year than we ever have yeah but um this year has definitely been like the most we have played in a year and i think that next year we're definitely going to try and do even more especially out of town like we're maybe even go further yeah i think we're we're planning on like doing some stuff like on the east coast um and starting to get more out of georgia mm -hmm. um but like when we do these um these out of town shows like i feel like sometimes like thankfully like we're able to get some shows where there's some nice like built-in audiences and college towns mm -hmm. and stuff like that and i think a lot of times um like we've run into people that like have like found us on instagram and stuff and like it's been like a really nice feeling like every once in a while we'll, like see someone that like knows all the lyrics to a song we've never met in our life and like that's dope oh that's but, like the most amazing feeling <laughs> but for every one of those there's 10 people that have no idea what they're getting into more mm -hmm. than 10 people tons of people that like they don't know what to expect and uh you know everyone's like you can win those people over if you play like shakedown street <laughs> Yeah. And then you play your music that's, after that. That's the thing is, you know, it's kind of like naturally when you're an original band, people are, um, you know, a lot of the time people are kind of like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to listen to this original band. Like, because, you know, a lot of the time, like if somebody is famous and you mention their name, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to them because mm. they have like 1.9 million listeners on Spotify. So mm. I'll go ahead and listen to them. But when it's a small band, they're like, oh i don't know i don't know like uh, i guess i'll check them out mm -hmm. um so it's definitely like 
we always try and put at least like one cover in there so that the people who like that band are like, hey man, if you oh, wait, wait, oh, I like that band. Right. Like, oh, I'm, I'm more likely to listen to the rest of your set now. Right. <laughs> if you catch their ear, if you like, you play Mary Jane's Last Dance or you play Fire on the Mountain, mm-hmm. then you catch their attention and then they're watching you and they're yeah. like, oh. Like, They're like, oh, I wasn't listening, but now I am. <laughs> there is something to be said about being able to kind of reel people in a little bit with oh, yeah. something that's familiar sure. so they can say, yeah. oh, well, shit, you know, like, you know, you know, if I was the kind of person that cared about that, you guys do an incredible whipping post. Like I would go, well, shit, if these kids can fucking do whipping post, I want to see what they can do on their own, like what their original stuff is. Also dreams because oh, they're like Fleetwood Mac things like oh yeah oh you you look like Stevie Nicks play Fleetwood Mac I'm like, I don't look anything like Stevie Nicks I'll but play you dreams know what? it's I'll two chords the whole song yeah sure I always thought Stevie Nicks would make the absolute worst meteorologist because thunder does not only happen when it's raining but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying man <laughs> finally somebody would get that joke I was like you know <laughs> a dad joke here but uh you know so. With the, with the live shows coming up, you guys, it looks like you guys, the last one I see on the list is the 25th of November in Charlotte, right? So are you guys, is that, is that going to be it for yeah, 23 or are you guys going to cram a few more in in December? There's at least, we have some stuff in January already that we haven't announced. Um, there's at least one other one in November and one other one in December that we haven't put out yet. Mm-hmm. Just because we're promoting the other ones, but um, there will probably be a few more. But mm-hmm. man, this this October was crazy. We're like, I mean, it's not. Yeah. It wouldn't be insane if it was like a touring band or something. But for us, like, we have twelve shows. We also, um, we were talking about that this morning, where like the rest of the year, um, not quite as busy as uh, we have been these last couple months. But um, so we have a single coming out on uh, Saturday night. Scarecrow and, Shuffle. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I already That's pre-saved it, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, let's yeah. Thank you. I didn't know, like, apparently, like, pre-saving's good for, like, the Spotify algorithm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I should have been, like, talking about that for the last yeah. point. Yeah, it's actually great if you if you, if you have a single coming out to pre-save, you know, you print out just, like, little cards with the QR code on it, you know? And people can start just pre-saving from there. I've had to integrate myself over the years in technology as far as promotion goes. So I've been lucky that I've not yeah. done it. But man, shit is so much nicer now than it used oh, to be. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's confusing sometimes, even for me, but it's convenient. It is very convenient. <laughs> but uh, we're going to we're gonna take some time the rest of the year to continue working on this third album, which um, maybe... 12, 13 songs. We've, mm-hmm. we've recorded three. We've, we've written way too many, but um, <laughs> yeah, as a we band, so we have many. like most of the album prepared, mm-hmm. save for a few songs, but yeah. we're just gonna, we're gonna keep recording and um, it'll be nice to have a little, a little time to do yeah. so. I think yeah. that we're, we're planning on, um, or at least we, we want to release um, the next single after Scarecrow Shuffle um, sometime in January. Yeah. I, I think that's very doable. Mm-hmm. I don't have a time frame for the album other than next year. Yeah. But um, there will be, starting uh, this next 
this weekend with Scarecrow Shuffle. Uh, music will be coming <laughs> <laughs> periodically until the album. So with the release of the album, though, so are, are you guys going to start play? Like, are you guys going to be doing shows like like leading up to the release of the album? Or are you going to try to take some time off until the album comes out to start playing? I think we're going to keep we're going to keep playing. Yeah, playing shows is just like it's it's the best way to get people to listen to the mm-hmm. music, like on top of advertising, you know, on Instagram. Also, um, it's fun. <laughs> also, it's fun. And, you know, instead of paying for the advertisement you're getting paid to play. So yeah, it's like, yeah, sell some merch and then you can buy exactly. it or yeah. order uh, CDs, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so what about the, the vinyl craze? Are we going to see some, some vinyl release maybe, or are you guys doing, you guys are doing all this independently, right? Or. Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely. Yes. To vinyl. Um, it will probably be a very small amount, mm-hmm. but Tad just jumped and fucked everything over. Okay, <laughs> yeah, she's good. It will. <laughs> it will probably be a very small amount, but um, yeah. It, we, we'll make. We're gonna we're make it happen. I want. I want it really bad. Yes. Need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, be sure to be sure to like lick a copy, put it aside for me, so no one else will touch yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I want. You know, because I would love that, but. Man, you guys are fantastic to talk to. I really, I feel like I can talk to you guys all day, but like, I really appreciate the music and getting to know you and like getting to know the band and the music. And like I said, you guys got a fan in me big time. Thank you. And kind of talking about what you were like, I am one of those people that goes to the front of the stage and like sings along with every song. Yeah. I also realize sometimes it does look a little weird because depending on what show I'm at, like I'm usually the oldest guy in the room by like 20 years. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I can tell you like we we love the people who aren't afraid to like come up to the front and sing, you know, because a lot of the time people are so shy and they kind of don't want to come close to the stage because they're like oh oh, i'm afraid that i'm gonna stand out and i'm like who cares i want you to be weird at our shows (laughs) like i want you to be crazy (laughs) i had a folk i had a folk rock band here in atlanta called collins drive and we were together until before the pandemic like right after the pandemic splitting up but uh you guys would have been the band that i would have been like okay we need awesome But I remember we were doing a show one time. I think we were opening for Amigo the Devil or something. And there was like maybe like 100 people there in Purgatory at the Masquerade. And there was like 20 feet between the first person and the stage. And I was like... I will give a T-shirt yeah, to the we, first person a, who comes up a to Halloween party. We do a <laughs> we do a little private Halloween thing every year. Yeah. For... And then what sucked was that like. A bunch of them. I was like, I only got one shirt to give away. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but they didn't move back again, you know. So it's like it's like kind of developing this rapport and kind of you know doing what you can to pull them into your world, you know. Thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. You guys are fucking great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.